Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Talking Numbers. My name is Paul Jantz, where each week I'll have the pleasure of chatting to the stars of our accounting industry. From leaders of accounting firms to leaders of companies that are dealing and working with accounting firms, it's all happening here on Talking Numbers. Stay tuned as we continue to drop the big names of big people in our industry. It's Talking Numbers. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Talking Numbers. My name is Paul Jantz, and it's my opportunity where I get to chat to some great people in our accounting industry, hopefully share their story, hopefully educate all of you that are listening, and hopefully you get to take away one or two things that you can start to put in as a strategy moving forward. Today, my guest is Rob Cameron. Rob is CEO, founder of FYI, better known to probably the accounting industry, Rob, as FYI Docs. Mate, yep. welcome to the show. Thank you very much. Thank you for really looking forward to having this chat. Yeah, fantastic. I know we've had a couple of false starts, but that's okay. It's a man, it's a pretty pretty open thing. So I look forward to hearing more about what you've been doing and your background. And you know, I think a lot of our firms that uh, we've spoken to in the past speak very highly of you guys. So again, educating our industry and all our listeners to exactly what you do and the value proposition you bring. So. Mate, I know I was going to talk footy for a while, and I know um, being an Adelaide boy, um, crows or port? Uh, crows predominantly, oh. but this is a this is a bit of a bit of a secret. I actually have a lot of <laughs> lot of respect for port, um, being a okay. proud South Australian. I don't know if you know, just watch the game, but um, yeah, it's really, really exciting this year. Maybe they've got a chance. So, hundred percent, hundred percent. I suppose you're getting another home final is pretty important, and I suppose for your crows, um, you know, just quickly just diverting, because footy tends to do that to us, um, great into the season, and hopefully a, a, a pretty exciting start to 2021, which will be good. Yeah, absolutely. A rebuild, that's what we say. It's a rebuild. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's a good word, isn't it? Yeah. Covers, covers now, mate, Exactly. Now, for those that don't know too much about you, um, again, just to give everyone a bit quick of an idea, and you'll, you know, no doubt go into a little bit more detail, but chartered accountant, um, been with suburban practices, then went to some of the larger firms, PwCs, the PKFs, Deloitte's, before moving to Myob. Um, tell me a little bit about that and obviously then your transition to FYI. Yeah, it's funny. It's You look back and um, you realise a lot of things happen in your life. Is It's almost like it's not planned. It's a series of almost coincidences or events. So yes. I, um, I, I, A bit and, of serendipity. Yes, good and bad. Um, so <laughs> I, I became a chartered accountant. I actually got and a lot of the things that sometimes it's luck. I got, got a job at the time back in the sort of 90s with PKF in Sydney with a, um, an old, who's someone who's become a friend and a, and a mentor for me is David Smith. So I spent okay, a lot of yep. years working with Smithy and um, yep. you know, to, to go, good lad. Yeah, for me to go from being in a little Adelaide firm where I wasn't actually enjoying accounting, not to say it's, it just wasn't right for me in terms of I love the background, I love the industry, but I don't think I'm the world's best accountant. Uh, then I moved quite within a month, I found myself in Sydney and all of a sudden I was developing a, a, a paperless office, which is was quite forward thinking back in the, the late 90s mm. for the PKF national uh, national okay. events or national um, firms. So that was really incredible. And that sort of set me up from then on, which has became a little bit my passion, which is a weird nerdy thing to say, but it's true uh, for the <laughs> remaining 20 odd years, which is taking that knowledge and, and, and also that opportunity. And then I've, this is about the third time I've built the style of product. So there's a lot of, a lot of thinking have gone into it. It's not yeah, it's yeah. like a, um, with Jerry Harvey says, a uh, overnight success with 20 years. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> So true, so true. And so 
where did the idea come from? You know, you just mentioned a couple of things there where, and, and you're right, that would have been quite, quite outside the box to be thinking about, you know, paperless back then. Um, so the, the product as it stands today with FYI Docs, um, where did the, the idea come from? Um, you know, obviously me being a non-accountant, and I mentioned before, I've interviewed a number of people on our virtual lunches. I have a, I run a virtual lunch series every fortnight. And, um, you know, this it, it's a funny thing. That's probably how I got to know more about FYIs. A lot of these firms were talking about app stacks and you know, FYI docs is a must. And it's like, oh, I hear these FYI, FYI, but don't know much about them. So this is an awesome opportunity for me, as well as our listeners to hear more if you're not already an FYI customer. So tell me a little bit about that. Yep, um, that's very nice of those people. I have to find out who they are and reward them somehow. <laughs> but the actual, the idea itself is almost for that, that earlier conversation in terms of that when I ended up at PKF many years ago, and we, it's actually very old fashioned now, but talking about technology that doesn't really exist that much anymore called Lotus Notes. Um, and where, right. <laughs> where it's interesting, where it all came about was what that product was amazing for was it, it enabled something that the world had never seen before, which is teams of people being able to work better together on one single underlying source of truth. And obviously that's in a digital sense. So it enabled collaboration, it enabled workflows, it enabled automation. Um, and I became fascinated about that concept, but effectively creating an, an instance, a, a version of it, which is absolutely specific for accountants. Because accountants, if you think about it, in a lot of ways, what we do, and especially on the compliance side, is all about, the, it can be almost described and is done digitally. And therefore, if you look at what we do, if you just take a, a step backwards and you look at a day in the life, there's a lot of stuff that we do, which is simply just, you know, a little bit of what we did yesterday, the day before, and can actually be automated or improved. So it's taking, in some ways, we as a profession are still working in an old fashioned way, which is almost like a cottage industry doing it bit by bit and instead saying, yep. let's actually modernize it and go to things that probably we didn't think we could do before and make it so that these processes that are repetitive actually become automated and frees up our teams to do the more high valued, more enjoyable work as well. No doubt. And no doubt that's, um, you know, I suppose over the next well, 12 months, you know, we've seen a massive transition towards that already and it's only going to get more automated, if that's the right word, um, with what, you know, especially with artificial intelligence becoming bigger and better and those sorts of things are just going to continue to work for us. So it sounds like you're in a, you're in a nice little position there. And look, just a quick shout out to the, the two firms that mentioned it, uh, Beck Mihalik oh. and Andrew Vanderbeek. So they are big fans of yours. So Fantastic. I suppose continue, continue doing what you're doing. Yeah, and have, so have mate, those two talking about us in a public public forum. Yeah, they're two sort of leaders of our profession as well. So that's fantastic. Absolutely. They're, they're great people as well. So it's a, yeah, um, they've been fantastic. So again, from an FYI doc's point of view though, so, so just explain to me what does it actually do? So, and how does it bring that efficiency to accounting firms? Yep, cool. So, on, on face value, it's interesting because the because uh, our our web web domain our URL it's FYI Docs, and it can lead to this assumption that we're purely a document management system. So, yes, uh, on face value, I suppose at our very if you have to if you got an elevator type pitch, you have to boil it down. We are, <laughs> we are a paperless office in the cloud, designed specifically for accountants. So that's almost the the, the, the cornerstone, the foundation, but Beyond that, we're actually a blend of not just document management, process automation, task management, job 
not, not necessarily job management itself because it comes out of the practice suite we integrate, which is zeros, but, but, but yes. basically working deeply with the job management system, uh, document workflows. So actually the life cycle around documents, client collaboration and CRM. So a little bit in all of those, those buzzwords are thrown around. It's a bit of a hybrid vigor type approach. And it's born about because if you if you look at an, if you stand back and you watch an accountant working, you find the fact that the reality is across their day they're doing elements of that every single hour, all the time, and therefore yes. if you if you if you haven't got a system that actually can move allow them to move seamlessly through it through that they end up jumping from one system to another, which destroys their productivity, and then even more importantly, it makes it so it's very hard to to sort of have that very client focused approach which is absolutely critical for a, in a professional service so no, does, that under, does that make sense yeah yeah, yeah absolutely and it, it, it's a funny thing because you mentioned zero there so you integrate with zero and, and, and i know i've had of um you know having worked with a non-accounted but working with accounting firms for the last 21 years it's, it's a funny thing that a lot of people say oh um what's the zero document management system and i don't think there is <laughs> You know, so it's, it's a funny thing when you get to get your mind across that. And I, I don't think they have a document management system. So you fully integrate with Xero. Yeah. So um, we chose, I think it was three years ago now, when we looked around, we, we had a choice between becoming agnostic out there and working with a range of different practice platforms or, or yes. specialising or focusing. We chose to, to very much join the Zero camp and become uh, almost exclusively aligned with Zero. And the reason we did that mainly okay. was because we had a choice. If you try and be everything to everyone, there's obviously a massive compromise and you can't do it as well in all the, the deeper elements of the integration. So but by deciding to become, to work with Zero exclusively, it means that we can actually do, you know, make it so it's really is deeply tightly integrated that there's actually no sort of, there's no crack of sunlight between the two of us. We just, we work across all of the different elements of that integration. So it's ended up becoming a very, mm. a, a good result overall because it means that the, the accountants can feel like that the information is, everything's shared between the two systems. Yes, yes. And, and at the end of the day, that's what accountants want nowadays and firms moving forward. It's about efficiency. It's continually how to, how to reduce the administrative tasks that are in there. So if that can be automated um, and in the cloud, well... I believe that's what firms are looking for, which is a fantastic thing. Um, mate, FYI, how old or young is the company? Uh, we are four years old. So it's funny, a lot of people don't realise that. They haven't heard much about us. We've kept ourselves a little bit under under the radar, done deliberately, just because we want to make sure that we've, yeah. we can, we're building up and we, you'll find that our momentum is continually growing. But it, it's been yeah. four years in development. So it's, a, it's quite a large exercise, just because simply the, the amount of different functions we're taking on. Oh, can imagine, can imagine. And no, look, it's still a, it's still a young company because you know you think about, again, being in Adelaide, you're a little bit different. So hang on, just to clarify something, you are based yes, in Adelaide. Yes, we are. We're yeah. based in Sydney. Okay, you are. Okay, good, good, good. Um, but you know, obviously, being in Melbourne here, you know, we've been in lockdown for six months now, and you know, we'll be in lockdown for another three weeks, and before you know, it, it'll be Christmas. So four years young is actually, you know, it's it's actually quite young, isn't it, to be in this space? But more importantly, when we with, with what you're doing in the, let's say, the market share that you are now bringing across, and obviously being with Zero helps quite a lot, um, who are some of the competitors in the marketplace that you'll be stealing 
clients from yeah. it. So, so it's, it's interesting because as I've called out that given our hybrid vigor, our, the fact that we cross over different segments, we don't really have an obvious direct competitor like a, a Coke v Pepsi type scenario. Um, but on, okay. if you, if you, therefore you go deeper and say, well, okay, across them, who do we come across? So we definitely in the document management space is probably sweet files is who we, um, okay. uh, we, we go back and forward with. But the good news is for in this market, because it's, it's almost like the whole size of market is growing all the time. It's not like you've got an yeah. established thing where you're actually, you're cannibalizing back and forward. In actual fact, the whole ecosystem, the whole, the around the whole zero platform there's more and more practices coming on every day so therefore it's more about an expanding marketplace um, and then beyond that for the other elements of what we take on for process automation we sort of look across to zapier if you've come across it so that's, okay. that's sort of a, a little bit in terms of they're more generic or they are generic but there's elements of that and for task management asana or a trello so they're, they're the sort of right you know, various sort of other suppliers that we call out just to sort of call out in the areas that we're playing as well. Yeah, and I, look, and I think that's the, you know, I suppose the challenge for a lot of the accounting firms. Um, and I know, you know, having that chat with Beck and then having that chat with Andrew as well, and uh, they were able to give, I, I, I suppose, firms a really good idea of what they're doing and how they're doing it. Um, you know, we can end up with a lot of different apps and continually review the app stack because at the end of the day, it's fair to assume it's a subscription-based app. Um, so it, it, it does require things, but I've always heard people talk about all of the other providers that you've just spoken about then. So yours can effectively take out all of that, whether it be the Trellos, whether it be the Sweet Files, all of that, yours can actually do that yeah, as that's one. Cool. And that's probably why a lot of firms are talking you up at the moment. Yeah, we've had occasions where we've walked in and the, and the, the, the practice administrator or the the partner has just gone, oh, oh, we can get rid of three different applications. And that's quite a big thing in their day, which yes. is if they, it's not, I mean, I don't think the subscriptions are the biggest thing in the world. I think the, the element the, making it so that team members are having to jump in and out, that's really inefficient. And also just we, we underestimate sometimes bringing on new team members. So when you have to sit down and train someone and say, well, at this point you've got to do this, this and this, um, it just becomes a really, really tough, tough thing. And the other one, as I called out before, is you, if you're not careful, you lose that single over, overriding client perspective. And I think that's the biggest challenge of all. You end up with all these different interactions in all different places and you can never really get a sense of where you're at with the client and no one can get the big picture. Yeah, no, look, I couldn't agree more. I think I think that's one of the, again, the challenges. I think we've, we've got through this um, this path over the last probably 10 years to, to become more client-focused, but unfortunately we're still in the, the hands of, I don't know, government changes, so therefore the, the firms are still quite reactive depending on the changes that come through. But it's so important not to lose that focus yep, on the client. Agreed. Right, so, you know, this is um, uh, obviously our, from a technology point of view, and you're, you're a tech player, I suppose, we've come so far over the last five years. Where do you see, you know, and, and I suppose a lot of it has been led by tech, probably fair to say, and led by even zero. Um, and I know, you know, a lot of different other players now, they're in different markets, but they're obviously increasing their cloud presence and their cloud product as well. Where do you see the industry in the next five years? Sort of what do you see yeah, it looking it's like? It's a really interesting one because it's funny how things are happening faster than we realise or sometimes it's you – know, have little bursts yeah. where um, I, there was a time where everyone thought everything was staying still and now 
COVID's been really interesting, I think, as well, in terms of the last six months, it feels like we've we've taken on sort of three years of change really, really quickly. And a lot of people have sort of called out that that number. So that's that's a really bizarre thing happening as well. So in terms of the next five years, overall it's a statement, a little bit of a statement of the obvious, but I just see the automation that we're seeing that's happening recently is just going to go further and further. Um, the reason why I call that out is because there has been a little bit in the past where people have called out saying, hey, listen, look out, compliance is dead and a little bit the boy who cried wolf. It never sort of the industry didn't change that much. So people started to ignore those messages, whereas I think this time it's really on. Um, and, and a lot of it's coming from what, and Zero has been an absolute forefront of this, is having an ecosystem, having these APIs that allow different platforms to talk to each other and, and do that in an efficient and also reliable way means the ability for machines to talk to machines and take out any rekeying of information and just make it so there's A, it's eliminating risk, B, it's more importantly, it's freeing up so much time. That's that's just going to really drive our industry. So therefore, the, the redeployment of what we're spending our days doing um, away from where there's been a chunk of it has been literally rekeying information or moving information from one place to another is we need, yeah, and allows us, not in a bad way, it's going to allow us to really spend time doing the higher value work, doing the more enjoyable work and become those you know, business advisors, which a lot of firms like Andrew and like Beck are already doing, but it's just going to spread across the whole industry. Yeah, look, I'd, I'd, I'd agree. And you, you, you hear a lot of firms talking about wanting to go in that direction. And I suppose you, you're right. There's still a lot of, I don't know, there's still a fair bit of manual. It's, and it's up to the firm, I suppose, you know, there's plenty of listeners listening to this right now, but there's a lot of firms um, that obviously have still got that fear of that automation side. Uh, but, I, but I don't think they're going to have a choice. It's one of those things that it is just going to become the natural way we do things. And therefore, I agree with you, allow the the firm to just spend more time with their client and do more of that consulting work, that higher level work, which the clients are screaming Absolutely. out for. Right? Um, that's interesting. It, this is a difficult conversation because it's, it depends on, it's all relativity. So people say, well, we do that already. So, and, and there, there are firms who are more advanced than others. I think what I heard from a large firm about a year ago, a good way to think about it or a good way to measure it is to actually literally get a ratio and say, what percentage of our work is coming from traditional compliance today and what is coming from a, advisory and then and their, their goal was to go from 70 30 compliance to advisory to flip it on its head and we had a, they had a time frame to do it so that's just an interesting way i think is to, to to avoid this becoming just a broad conversation to make it more specific and to have something more measurable and that means you can set a goal for yourself and then also you can actually benchmark yourself against other people in the industry as well to see how you're tracking that is very good. So for everyone listening, um, that was a really important point. So if you are or you're not aware of exactly where you sit at the moment between consulting and advice, sorry, consulting yeah. and compliance, you know, we said consulting and advisory, <laughs> that wouldn't make too much sense. <laughs> um, try and work out where you are today. And, you know, we, we look at the end of the day, we've only just completed the first quarter of the new financial year. So this is your opportunity, I suppose, to work out where you are and set yourself a target of where you want to be maybe June 30 next year and how you can flip that on its head and see that see that that change taking place, you know, aim towards 50-50, aim towards 60-40, aim towards 70-30, if that's what you want to achieve. Because 
I agree 100%. This is going to just become more and more automated over the next two, three years. And it's a funny thing because given the fact that we have been in COVID, we haven't been able to enjoy the, all the big conferences, you know, the, the, um, you know, the zero cons that would probably be on in November, the, the BGL reg text that is probably coming up very soon in probably four weeks time, all those type of tech conferences, we haven't been able to go to, you know, where they get thousands of people and we can, we, we you know, we're able to see what yep. is actually taking place here. We've just got to, we've just got to almost be patient and wait and you know, everyone goes, well, I don't have time anyway. I'm under the pump and I've got all these different mental health issues and I need to deal with an extra set of problems. Um, but you think, I, I think it's going to be, uh, you know, we might end up doubling what we do over yep, the next absolutely. five years. And the, the, so I describe this to people outside our industry and even to my, my parents, my family, and they go, well, that doesn't sound very good. Sounds like there's going to be a lot of unemployed accountants out there. It's just not just not going to be the case. So the, <laughs> the great news for our industry is there is a huge pent-up demand from our clients as to us spend, you know, using our incredible knowledge, our, our business planning, to deploy it to better use. So really in life, do you have a situation where you, you, you're doing something that your clients don't really want you spending so much time on? They want you to do something completely different. So I think there's just a, a great transition where the, the, the rather than automation necessarily reducing accounting fees, which I don't think is logical or makes sense, is instead the percentage mm -hmm. of the, the yep. fee budget, the, the fees that is going on one section, i.e. compliance, gets redeployed into this consulting advisory element. So you end up having monthly meetings for a, a wider range of your clients. You have genuine budget set up for your clients. You're having conversations about how they can run their business better. Um, at the moment that's happening, everyone would say, oh, doing that for X clients. You're not doing it for a huge range of your clients because it's simply you just don't have time the day to do it. So that's where I think it's going it's, to, you know, thankfully it's a win-win. Yes, yes. And then look, and that's the, you know, being a business, that, that, that's exactly right. And that's what we, we want. But unfortunately, it's that time aspect. So it's about, you know, everyone talks about, and we've been talking about it for years and years when I was coaching accounting firms, yeah. but how do we create time? We've only all got 24 hours in a day. We've only got seven days in a week, but some use their time better. Um, and I had a really good conversation a couple of weeks ago with Rob Nixon. He was talking about a particular uh, you know, index how to measure and how to get the best use of, you know, he calls it the, the um, oh, let me just quickly find it. Oh, what was he talking about? Um, uh, it was calling the profit time index. So it's exactly what you're saying there. How do we get better? And you've got to measure that as well. So um, you've got to be able to see that improvement taking place as well. That's just as important. So, yeah, look, I think it's, one, it's exciting, and two, I think it's a, it's a great opportunity that exists for our industry. It's an you know, exciting industry. But um, let's, let's break down some of the numbers. It's called Talking Numbers. Um, what's the strategic vision for FYI? Where it's, you know, in terms of where you are, you're four years young, um, in terms of where you're operating, yep. um, where you're so we, As part of you know, quitting a job and putting your entire, everything you've got into a company, and, and so it's a big thing to do. So we wanted to make sure from the very early days that our actual reason for doing so, uh, limiting our risk, is to have a really strong strategic vision. So at, at, for us being accountants, and we're all about numbers, is we wanted to make sure that the demonstrable ROI from using FYI was gonna make a, you know, a material difference. I had a great 
conversation years ago with a, a private private equity guy, and he was saying that no B two B person is ever going to make a decision, a business decision, without it being enough of an upside that they just sort of therefore it can be bothered taking the change, having the risk. And he put a number at twenty percent, which I always thought was a, that's a great way to think about things. Saying if you want someone to change their behaviour, you need to go to them something which is quite you know significantly improvement for them to take a change and risk. So. Our current modelling, we have it at so we can come into a firm today that is working in quite a, an old-fashioned way. Uh, we can improve their productivity of their team of 20%. Um, and our goal over the next three years is to take that to 50%. And that's what guides our roadmaps, guides everything. We actually, for every release, we have the number of minutes in the day for the average user. This is going to save them. And we use that to describe that to developers and measure ourselves when it goes to market. So that's our big picture. Is just from a ROI okay. point of view, is to is to take those time savings up to the to yeah. go from twenty to fifty percent over a three year journey, um, and then from that that goes back. As a result of that, we believe that just naturally flows into our results, which is our, our you know, number of users we have. Um, we're sitting at five thousand currently, and we want to triple again next year to fifteen thousand. We're going to keep on growing from there. So that's well, that's our overall vision: is how we want to make a difference in the world. Um, and, Brilliant, brilliant. Because that's your uh, that's your continued value proposition as well, isn't it? If you can show the firms that it's well, your aim is twenty, but then twenty to thirty to forty to fifty. Um, again, it's 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 the value proposition back. They're not going to question no, the fee when not. they're getting the return. Yeah, love it, love it, mate. Um, obviously, you know. I'm chatting you for the first time. Um, I look forward to talking to you a lot in a lot more detail in going forward, but. Tell us something that our listeners wouldn't know uh, about you. That's a tough question. <laughs> not very interesting because I couldn't think of anything. But um, probably the thing that I get a little bit is I come from on a farm, so um, I come from a farming background, and so I'm about okay. to head down there. It's actually one of my happiest times is going back down to the farm to spend time with mum and dad. So that's where I'm going this weekend to go. And I think yeah. bizarrely, I think farming can help in some ways, or that background because you, you tend to learn quite young of how to problem solve because often you're in a situation where you're in the back paddock and the, the, the motorbike's broken down where you've got to work it out or otherwise you're, you're going to yeah. be stuck. So that's my, my little secret yeah. thing. Okay. Love it. Yeah, good. Look, there's nothing better than um, – look, I, I love the, the ability to get away as well. I've got some good friends that live uh, way outside Melbourne and you, 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 it's a different mindset altogether which I love. So yeah, that's no, fantastic to know. And like, in terms of, um, again, in closing, just maybe a piece of advice that you can share or a lesson that you can share with our listeners, whether that be good or bad. Uh, it's a tough one as well, share? but thinking about it, uh, probably the biggest thing I've, I've found in my life is, is focusing and actually specialising and, and sticking with something has held me incredibly good stead. So I'm going to sound like an old person here, but I see people switching from this thing <laughs> to that thing to that thing. Um, and, and that's my only observation yes. saying, yeah, and, that can, and that can be right sometimes. If you're not doing something you enjoy, you've got to, you've got to change. But there's also something to be said for making sure yes. that you, be, you, know, you really dig in at some point and you have a core expertise. So that sort of held, held me in good stead anyway. Yeah, brilliant. So just making sure that you, you, you have a very clear focus instead of jumping from one to the other to the other, because at the end of the day, it's the old, um, you know, people talk about, are you uh, um, a starter or a finisher of a job, you know, and a lot of people start yeah. things, but don't finish things. 
So, and that's always a good thing. I, I know, you know, sort of one of my coaches always spoke to me about that in, in terms of being a starter and a finisher. Don't be someone that starts 10 things and then starts another 10 things, but never Absolutely. finishes those previous 10 things. So great piece of advice. Well, Rob Cameron, thank you very much for joining us. Um, again, I get the easy job of um, chatting to great people in our industry. And I think, you know, when the brand FYI came up, I thought I must find out more about them. And I know we've had a couple of false starts, but this is great just to find out more about you, the person, uh, more about why you built your business, what your background is, and more importantly, the value that you're continuing to bring to the accounting industry. So, mate, good luck for the financial year. I'm going to be watching you guys and hopefully seeing you guys go, you know, get to that from the 5 million to 15 million, uh, take it from the 20% to the 50%. And, you know, to all of our listeners out there, all of our accounting firms, make sure you shout out to Rob and make sure you check out FYI Docs. Thank you. you Thank you very much. Thanks for joining us, mate. Pleasure. Thanks. Ladies and gentlemen, thanks again for joining us to listening to our Talking Numbers podcast. Um, We've got plenty of several big name guests to come. And obviously, if you've liked anything you've heard, please go back. Please like it. Please share it. Please comment on it. Um, And more importantly, if you like what we're doing, please make sure you check us out on LinkedIn, uh, Facebook, Instagram, all our different socials, The Professional Partners, and you'll find us there. Thanks for listening.